Pastor Xavier Reese with the simple truth about the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You see, one thing about a throne is you can't have two people on it. It's either you or Jesus. It's impossible for you to rule along with Jesus. And so I have to constantly be taking me off the throne and recognizing that He's the only one that can rule in the throne of my life. Wise men still seek Him. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. One of the most popular shows was The Apprentice. Thousands tried out in hopes that they'd win the opportunity to meet and possibly work for Donald Trump. Why? Well, they wanted the opportunity to glean knowledge from one of the most successful businessmen of our generation. Well, today, Pastor Xavier offers an even better alternative to seek the one who can offer eternal riches and life-changing advice. And best of all, it's available to all who ask. Let's listen. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. I've entitled the message, Wise Men Still Seek Him. People come to church for many different reasons without ever seeking a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, having no thought. Sometimes people think that uh, church is just something that you kind of fall into the pattern once you've gotten out of your crazy stage of teenage and early 20s and you get married and you're settling down and it's appropriate that you, you know, become part of society and flow in and it's a good example for your children. Um, neighbors will think good about you and, um, you know, it looks good. And there's never one thought in their heart about seeking a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Equally, there are other people who seek Jesus for ulterior motives. And as a quick fix or a last resort. I give them a shot. Got nothing to lose. And both of these extremes do not seek Jesus. But they seek those things that are identified with Jesus without any idea or concept or intent to seek out or to get to Jesus. Our churches are full of people like that. And they're sitting in pews and they're headed for hell because they've never come to Jesus. The account that we get right here in chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, Matthew gives us three types of seekers regarding Jesus Christ. They are not exhaustive by any measure, but they are the three that he points out. We want to draw from that. Let me read the first 12 verses, and then we are going to take a section at a time. He says, Now after Jesus was born in Jerusalem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, Wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen a star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, 
are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when the, they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, their caskets, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. I want to take this section of Scripture and look at it backwards because I think that makes the most natural order for us. There are three types of seekers. First, a sincere seeker, representative of the wise men. Then you have the self-centered seeker, representative of Herod. And then you have the sound theology seeker, representative of the chief priest and the scribes. Let's look at the sound theology seekers first, and we'll work our way back. And first notice in verse 4 that they are the ones who have to be sought out always. They never make themselves available. Herod, he says, when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together to inquire of them, here they were in Jerusalem. These guys were the chief priests. These guys were the ones who had all the information down. They were the chiefs of ceremony. And they were the chiefs of the law, the lawyers. They were the ones that possessed truth, yet they were sitting on the truth and they were not seeking. It actually took foreigners and Gentiles to ask the question that they would be sought out by the king, Herod. There are people who are always being taught. People who are seeking truth for fact's sake, not for transformation's sake. And they have all kinds of truth, but they're never making themselves available. They always have to be sought out. They know everything, but they do nothing. This is the classic type of the chief priest and the scribes. They are more concerned with knowing than doing. You have a theological question? Hey, they'll give it to you in a flash. You have a problem with the text? They'll decipher it. You can't seem to find a passage? Hey, they'll quote it to you and tell you exactly where it's at. They're up on everything. But they possess nothing. Nothing at all. Notice in verse 5, they equally possess accurate biblical truth. It says, they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for this is written by the prophet. He's quoting Micah 5.2, which he iterates there in verse 6. 
Some have blended in also 2 Samuel 5, 2, the latter portion of verse 6. So it's really a composite of two scriptures. But the major quote is from Micah the prophet. You, Ephrata, who is smallest among the prophets in the nation. In the end of that verse, he says, who was from everlasting, from everlasting. The one from the vanishing point would be the one who would be coming, born in Bethlehem. Interesting, Bethlehem means house of bread. Jesus said, I am the bread sent from heaven. I am the bread of life. These um, individuals who were seeking, as we will see later on, they were hungry. The Pharisees here, or they could have been Pharisees, they also could have been Sadducees, the priests were mostly Pharisees. But here, the priests and the scribes, they weren't hungry. They had no real hunger. They were just complacent. They possessed everything but possessed nothing. Remember, this is 700 years after the prophet spoke. And there is something about, about time that we hear something and it becomes so fresh, so alive, and we get so excited, and then time goes by. And then somebody says, hey, do you remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I know that. Yeah, I heard that one time. There's no fire, no personal hunger. Notice verse 6. They quote the scripture accurately. They can speak the scripture without real concern for the person of scripture. They quoted it, but there was no real concern, no anticipation of his coming, no excitement of life and certainly no seeking of him to rule and shepherd their lives the very thing they were quoting and so because you and I can quote theological facts and truth and scripture means absolutely nothing if it doesn't do something to me if it does not transform me then I have nothing to base my salvation on outside of wishful hoping. The Word must cut through my life. The Word must transform this wretched individual. The Word will never leave me the same if it falls on good ground. It demands change. It settles for nothing but change, but not those theological seekers. They seek facts, theology, information, but never truth. The church is full of people like that today. You know the scriptures better than I do, but they haven't done anything to you. You're basically still the same as you were when you first started out. Because you look for facts, information, but never transformation. And that's the deception of sin, the deception of your heart, and the deception of the enemy. Who would love to keep you just the way you are. But God loves you too much. He can't stand you the way you are. Though he loves you. He wants to change you. 
The second individual is a self-centered seeker, representative of Herod. Remember, Herod um, was a madman. Josephus has not too kind of words for him. And um, remember, he slaughtered many of his own family, his wives and his sons. And um, history records that he had up to ten wives. Uh, eight we know by name, two we don't. Uh, so he would fit in in our generation real well. Um, and he would plot to kill anybody who would, he would think was plotting to take his throne. Here's a self-centered person. I rule. Nobody else can rule my life. Nobody can tell me what to do. And I'm not going to budge. I'm in it for myself and no one else. The church is full of people like that also. All you have to do is look around the church. You don't have to take a vote, survey. Just look to the life of the church. There's a lot of self-seeking people in the church. Notice in verse 3 that these self-centered seekers, they are trouble when people are too serious about seeking Jesus. When Herod the king heard these things, that they were seeking Jesus, the king of the Jews, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. The word trouble means to agitate, perplex. These individuals, they, they, they love coming to church. They love being around the people because, you know, they, they get to communicate, to talk, make plans. Uh, uh, they get to meet new people. Um, they get to date pretty and nice women and, and uh, men who know where they're going. All kinds of different things. They like the social functions. They like the activities that go on. But when people start talking too seriously about seeking Jesus, they get troubled. Oh, I know Jesus is Jesus and he's coming and, and you know, and all that, but come on, you got to enjoy life. And it's a subtle statement of compromise, indifference. Me first. They are on the throne of their lives. They rule. And they have no room for Jesus to rule over them. You see, one thing about a throne is you can't have two people on it. It's either you or Jesus. It's impossible for you to rule along with Jesus. It's impossible for Jesus to shepherd you if you rule. Because you will drink of the muddy waters, of the dirty grass, and you'll get lost. And so will I. And so I have to constantly be taking me off the throne and recognizing that He's the only one that can rule in the throne of my life. To give it purpose, meaning, and some sort of substance that's worthwhile living. Everything else is real, real temporal, real momentary. Anything you do, anything you experience, Every little experience that we go through, it lasts for just a set time, and then it's over. It may be the greatest experience of your life, but the only way you're ever going to experience it again is to look backward 
you won't experience it again. Very momentary. And so they are troubled when people are too serious about Jesus and seeking Him. They don't mind being around the church. They don't mind being around the Word. They don't even mind being around some of the functions. But don't get down to the nitty-gritty. Don't get down to details. Because they're too busy ruling their own life. But notice also the latter portion of verse 3. They trouble others around them if it is in their power. <laughs> he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. When they're miserable, God helped the world. Kind of a Jonah. His joy and his sufferings all revolved around him. That's a sad commentary. You want to be the most miserable person? Be self-centered. Guaranteed ingredient. It'll never fail. You want to be the most happiest and the contentest person in the world? Then be Christ-centered. You will enjoy life so much, you will slap yourself silly. You won't believe it. <laughs> you will say, what in the world have I been doing all my life? And that goes along with all the cares and all the difficulties and all the situations of life. If you're Christ-centered, man, life is like watching TV in living color. But if you're self-centered, it's like watching black and white. It's all right. But nothing compared to color. And it is a matter of choice. And so these self-seekers, you know, when they're troubled, everybody else is troubled. And they really affect people in a negative way. And they're kind of people that have, a, they seem to have a bit of charisma or power. And therefore they influence others. And that's why the Bible says that you and I are to be sure and to be careful who it is that we hang out with. Are you fellowshipping with godly people? People that are going to stretch you and not drag you down? Now, that doesn't mean you isolate yourself with the light of the world. Make sure you're in contact with the, the, the market of the world, sinners. Make sure you're rubbing elbows, that you're there as a light to dispel darkness and to communicate truth and love. But on an ongoing basis where people are going to be affecting you, you better be hanging out with godly people. And my advice to you is that you look out in the church and find somebody that you think is more godly, more spiritual than you. And you hang out with them so they can stretch you and make you godlier. But you don't let anybody drag you backwards. Not your wife, not your husband, not your children, not your pastor. No one. You go forward. Notice also in verse 4 that they seek out biblical truth for self-gain. As he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. The title, it's the title Christ means the anointed, or the equivalent of the Hebrew Messiah. Herod wanted to make sure of remaining on his throne. 
You see, he was seeking out biblical truth for self-gain. Now, there are people who are just seeking out biblical truth for self-gain. They've heard that, you know, if you give one, you get ten back. They hear that if you just confess certain things positively, it's going to come to pass and you're going to get rich. That if you hang out with these kind of people, there's a benefit. You know, I'm a creep, but I hang out with godly people. Hey, I may marry a godly woman. I may marry a godly man. Hey, people may look to my needs and, 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 and they're Christians and they're going to be benevolent and they're going to meet all my needs. Self-gain. And that's why we are to be wise as we walk in the body because not everybody that comes into the church is sincere in seeking God, nor is everybody striving for godliness. Many people are self-centered and they seek biblical truth for self-gain. They have no other intent than for that. And as long as they can get as much as they can out of a church, fine. And when they're found out, they split to another church. And they suck them dry there. Notice in verse 7, they also seek out information to destroy people. It says, Herod, when he had secretly called his wise men, or the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. Herod was seeking information to destroy the Christ child. You get that passage in verses 16 through 18, fulfilling another prophecy again. A key in Matthew, as he says, in fulfillment. This was in fulfillment spoken by the prophets, so on and so. All the time, this is the key of Matthew. He links and connects the Old Testament to the New. Herod was seeking out the specific information so that he might destroy this child who was to be king of the Jews because he wanted to remain on the throne. He didn't like any rivals. The word determined means to learn carefully. You see, they're real diligent students when it comes for self-gain. And they're very diligent students to get information from you, from me, about other people. And they'll take that information and use it for their gain to destroy the lives of others. You say, Pastor X, how could you? I've been in the Lord 18 years. I've seen enough of it. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. They always come to you, oh yeah, brother, praise Lord. you know, I'm trying to pray for this person and I really don't want to talk to them because, you know, I don't want them to think that I'm praying, but do you know what happened with their husband and wife? And so this way I can pray accurately. Because, <laughs> you know, I want to worship God. I want to honor Him. We're evil, aren't we? Self-centered seekers. Now, none of us are exempt from being those who seek only theology or those who are self-centered once and for all. That danger is always there because we're sinners. But we're to check those two individuals. We're not to give ourselves to that. Be careful of the person that butters you up. Come on. We were in the world. We weren't stupid. It's funny how, how streetwise we were in the world and we can tell people where they're coming from and all that. And then we come to the Lord and we say, Oh, praise God, praise Jesus. Everything's so nice. It isn't. 
Put on your thinking cap. Put on the armor. And judge everything by the Word of God. Be careful of the spiritual fraud. It was there only for self-centered seeking. Pastor Xavier Reese with a gentle reminder on where to find true wisdom for living. And you can request a copy of today's challenging study called Wise Men Seek Him. It's available on CD for just $4. And this is one message you'll want to share with your brothers and sisters in the Lord. Now, the title to ask for once again is Wise Men Seek Him. Or simply mention today's date when you write Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And it's important that you tell us the call letters of this station when you contact us. What can make you truly successful? Find out when you join Pastor Xavier Reese for the next edition of Simple Truths. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com